Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. May we feel God's Spirit joining us together in this time of worship. May we feel the love of community holding us and caring for us now and always. My name is Adam Olivero, and I'm the chair of the Ministry and Personnel Committee at Grace United Church in Hanover, Ontario. Thanks for joining us for worship today on July 4th of 2021. McCall is currently away from uh, the church right now and on vacation until July 19th. The Reverend Tesca Hackshaw is available for pastoral care if you require that, and you can find Tesca's information in our Grace United Church weekly emails or on the Grace United Church Facebook page. You are all welcome to join us today for service. We are going to be led by Henry from the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Henry has a wonderful message for us today, along with taking over the church service, and we appreciate Henry doing that. While we may not be able to gather in person, many events do continue to happen at Grace Online. For more information about these events and ukulele groups for children and adults, you can please see our weekly email announcements or contact the church office. And as we enter into this time of worship, we remember that for thousands of years, Indigenous people have walked upon this land, and that their relationship with the land is at the center of our lives and spirituality. We recognize that we are all treaty people. At Grace United Church, we are part of Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half, and we are gathered on the traditional territories of the Haudenosaunee, Ojibwe, Anishinaabek, and Métis people. We acknowledge the part the Church has played on an ongoing history of oppression and colonization, and we pray that God may ever lead us into building right relationships. May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us. Amen. Good morning. And welcome to the service this morning. My name is Henry Reinders, and I am the Ontario Regional Representative for Canadian Food Grains Bank. And I have been asked to fill in for your minister while he is away enjoying some time off today. And I'm really pleased to be here. And I look forward to sharing some of the information about Canadian Food Grains Bank with you. Let's open with our call to worship. This call to worship is taken from Psalm 113, verses 1 to 3. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Let us pray. Creator, Christ, and Spirit, God of life and blessing, you created all that exists. In Christ, you offer your redeeming love to every soul in every situation. 
So it is our greatest joy to be united by your spirit in the community of your people. Stretching throughout the generations all around the world you love, we join our thanks and praises to the voices of all your saints, both in heaven and on earth, who worship and adore you, saying, All blessing and glory, all wisdom and thanksgiving, all honor and power belong to you, O God, this day and forever and ever. Amen. The Minute for Mission is about the Food Assistance Project. Thanks to the support of the Canadian Food Grains Bank, Amei can feed her family. Amei is participating in the Food Assistance Project implemented by Tier Fund Canada and funded by the Canadian Food Grains Bank and the United Church of Canada. Last year, Amei's family had nothing to eat but wild fruit. On good days, Amei's neighbours gave her their leftovers. But those days were few and far between. Amei is 61 years old and has lived in Awail, East County of Northern Bar Al-Ghazal, South Sudan, for 40 years. Over a decade ago, her husband abandoned their family, including their four children. To get by, Amei collected firewood and sold it to feed her family. But now her body's too weak. Chopping and hauling wood is too hard at her age. And thanks to the support of the United Church Partners, Amei's life has changed for the better. She says, I was able to receive food for my family. I received assorted food items such as sorghum, beans, cooking oil, and salt. I'm able to cook nice food for my family. We also received vegetable seeds and tools to cultivate our own food. I am in a farmer group, and we received seeds of okra, kale, eggplant, onions, cabbage, carrot, and tomatoes, including tools such as watering cans, axes, and hoes for each of us. We have fenced our gardens as a group, and we come here every day to water them. We talk and pray that crops are good and appreciate those who are helping us. That support means hope for Amei and her children. I have survived the hardest part of this disaster where I thought I would die. I can now eat three meals a day, and I'm optimistic that the harvest from my garden will provide food for my family. I know the future is bright, she says. For over three decades, just one of the ways the people of the United Church have worked to end world hunger is by participating with 15 Canadian churches and church-based agencies that together form the Canadian Food Grains Bank. This Christian organization provides food in times of crisis for hungry people in parts of the world where there is high food insecurity and teaches people how to grow their own food and provides nutritional education. Last year, the Canadian Food Grains Bank helped over 800,000 people in 36 different countries. United Church partnerships with organizations like the Canadian Food Grains Bank that are addressing global, global hunger are critical, especially now. Acute hunger is set to double in the next decade because of COVID-19. 
The latest figures from the United Nations World Food Program predict that more than 250 million people will suffer acute hunger by the end of the year. That's nearly double the number of people that the Global 2020 report on the food crisis said were going hungry before the pandemic struck. The United Church has been part of initiatives that saves lives and supports vulnerable people in the world living in the midst of crisis. Working with partners, we can and do make a difference, says the United Church moderator, Richard Bott. Making a gift to the United Church's Global COVID-19 Appeal or the Canadian Food Grains Bank ensures that people like Emmy don't go hungry. Your generosity saves and transforms lives. Thank you for your support, permission, and service. Our scripture reading this morning is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. This is a parable that is familiar, I'm sure, to many of you, the parable of the four soils. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along a path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places, where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Amen. Thank you for having me this morning. It's a pleasure to be here in my role as Ontario Regional Representative to talk to you about the work of Canadian Food Grains Bank. I have been the Ontario Regional Representative since the beginning of 2020. And during that time, I have talked to literally hundreds of different people about the work of Canadian Food Grains Bank. And I have met many of the supporters and growing projects and talked to many donors on the phone. And it's been a true inspiration to me to hear the stories of these people and how dedicated they are to this cause of raising funds for the work of Canadian Food Grains Bank. The mission of Canadian Food Grains Bank is working to end global hunger. There is enough food in the world to feed everybody. The difficulty is that not everybody has access to that food. And our vision is to have a world without hunger. We believe that everybody, that mankind, was made in the image of God and that God does not want to see anybody go hungry. And therefore, we work toward that goal of ending global hunger. Canadian Food Grains Bank is made up of 15 churches and church-based agencies, all of which are listed on this slide that you see here. And of course, the United Church of Canada is one of those 15 churches. Canadian Food Grains Bank does not implement programming itself. Rather, it provides financial and technical support to our partners and the partners that they work with in developing countries. We have programming in three major areas. Our first area, which takes about 60% of our funding, is emergency food assistance in times of crisis. So this is providing food assistance to people who, through no fault of their own, have no source of food. 
people who have been displaced from their land by war and conflict, as an example, and are living in refugee camps, or people who have lost their crops and their source of food through natural disasters. Those are the ones that are receiving emergency food assistance. 35% of our work is in long-term response programs. These are teaching programs, programs that teach farmers and individuals how to get more out of their land, how to use conservation agriculture, how to engage in proper planting techniques, how to grow alternative crops, all the types of things that lead to improved yields and improved food security for these individuals. And the third area, which takes about 5% of our funding, is in engaging Canadians and elected government officials toward making meaningful change. We try to help people, Canadians and others, understand the issues of global hunger, what causes it, and what some of the best approaches are to reduce global hunger. Last year, by working together, we were able to provide over $49 million of assistance to 989,000 people in 33 countries. This was a record year for Canadian Food Greens Bank. Despite the pandemic, which caused us great concern when it initially hit, Canadians were extremely generous in responding to the needs of others around the world, resulting in a greater amount of funding than we had ever received before and allowing us to do much more programming in the countries that we were working in. It was truly humbling to see the response of Canadians and how generous they truly are. It is by working together that we are able to achieve so much. Certainly one person, one denomination, one congregation cannot achieve all this, but by the 15 churches working on this one common goal of global hunger, by having God working with us and giving us support that is needed, we are able to achieve the results that you see here on this particular page. Public support for Canadian Food Grains Bank has been very strong, as I just mentioned. And part of that support is through growing projects. Growing projects have been the grassroots of Canadian Food Grains Bank ever since it started back in 1983. A growing project is a farmer and a community, often a church community, working together to raise and grow a crop with that crop being sold and the proceeds going to our, our organization. In many cases, agribusiness gets involved by providing seed or fertilizer or chemicals and often the broader community gets involved as well by having fundraising activities that add to the crop results, providing more funding to Canadian Food Grains Bank. This is a slide that shows global hunger over the last 15 or so years. You can see that since 2005, the green bar showed that the number of hungry people in the world has been steadily decreasing until about 2014, 2015. From a high back in 2005 of about 820 million people, we reached a low of about 620 million people. But unfortunately, over the last number of years, we have seen that number start to turn around. So what causes hunger? Why are people hungry? Well, there are a number of reasons. And for the longest time, poverty and inequality was a major reason for people being hungry. People didn't have the resources to access the food they needed inequality in terms of position in society, in terms of being a woman or a child, those were all things that led to people not having enough food to provide for themselves throughout their years. But more recently, conflict, war and conflict has resulted in people being displaced from their lands, 
moving into refugee camps. And you only have to look at places like Syria and Yemen to see that this is happening. Also, natural disasters and climate change have become more of an issue in the last number of years. When we were in India and when I was in Malawi earlier, I heard time and again from the many farmers that we talked to how the climate was different. Rains were coming later in the season. Sometimes they were less frequent. Sometimes they were much too heavy. There was more variability. And the extremes in the climate was resulting in a situation that was making it difficult for them to grow enough food for themselves and their family. And of course, more recently, COVID-19 has had a serious impact on the number of hungry people. The United Nations estimates that since the beginning of the pandemic, economic shutdowns and job losses have resulted in an additional 200 million people not having enough food and therefore going hungry. It has created a very serious situation, a hunger pandemic, if you will, amongst many, many people in developing countries. The India Food Security Tour that we went on occurred a year ago from February and March of 2020. And on this particular learning tour, there were 12 of us that went overseas to India to see Canadian Food Grains Bank programming in work, at work. The program that we visited was being operated by Tier Fund Canada or supported by Tier Fund Canada. And they were working with their partner in India, Efficor, who's the Evangelical Fellowship of India Commission on Relief. And this was a three-year, $353,000 agriculture and livelihoods program. So a teaching program, a long-term response program, helping the people that they were working with to become food secure for the long term. It was directed towards 650 households or about 3,000 people in the Pakur district of Yarkhand State in India. The people that we visited with are called the Maltos people. And these are marginalized hill tribe residents who are living outside of the cities, up high in the hills in the mountainous areas of India. They are living in a difficult geographical area, working with difficult soils and terrain, hilly terrain, and much of the soil is covered with rock, which they have to move. They have for many years grown a single crop, resulting in infertile soils and poor crop yields. They also, because they are on the edges of society, so to speak, have a limited knowledge of government programs and, and an inability to access those government programs. <clears throat> This is one of the families that we met when we were in India. This is Raja and Devi Paharaya and their two children, Dharmi and Biji. Biji is the young girl. And Raja told us that they had very difficult time until Efecor came along growing enough food for his entire family. And that was a story that was very similar to many of the others that we spoke to in these many villages. We asked Raja and Devi about some of their hopes and dreams. And Raja told us that one of the things they wanted was for their children to be educated because they themselves were illiterate. And we heard that story many times from the people that we visited in India as well. They view education as being very important for their children, as being a way out of the situation and the poverty that they are in. And so they strive to have their children educated at every opportunity. Raja also told us that we want to grow our food in a better systematic way. And that's a reference to some of the things that they had learned from Efficor on how to grow food, which I'll talk about in a couple of slides, and how to grow it better, more effectively, and get improved yields. 
One of the first things that Evacor did with many of these villagers was provide them with goats to build up a goat herd. And Raja and Devi were no different. They were taught how to raise goats, how to take care of them, how to nurse them back to health if they were sick, and how to market them. And goat meat is very popular in India. And so Raja told us that when he takes a goat from his now established herd to market, he is often able to receive anywhere from seven to 8,000 rupees per goat. And to put that into perspective, Biji, his daughter, attends a boarding school nearby, about 16 kilometers away. And the cost of that boarding school is 5,000 rupees per year. So one goat is able to provide enough funding for them to send their children to that all-important educational facility so they can become educated. Many of these households, just like Raja, had been growing a single crop for years and years, and they were taught how to grow different crops, how to add different crops to their rotation, or how to rotate crops. Some of the things they learned how to grow were pigeon peas and cow peas, millet, mustard as an example, all crops which broke up the cycle of growing corn, which Raja was doing year after year, and allowed the soil to regain some of its fertility through nitrogen fixation from the leguminous crops. And these crops also, because they were a different source of nutrition, improved the nutrition of the villagers as they were not reliant on the single crop that they had been growing year after year after year. Cultivation and planting techniques was another area where Epicor helped them to understand the improvements that could lead to better yields. In Raja's case, where he had been planting corn year after year, he had been planting it by poking a hole in the ground and putting in five or six seeds and allowing it to grow. Corn in that situation just doesn't do well because it's competing against itself. And so they were taught how to plant the corn in properly spaced rows and in individual plants within each particular hole. Raja also told us that many of the other villagers sowed smaller seeded crops by spreading them across the land. And that was a problem for many of them because, of course, the seed would fall on the land and some of it would grow and some of it would be wasted away. And so they were taught with these smaller seeded crops how to grow them in lines or in rows, again, using far less seed but getting greater yield, something that, in fact, amazed many of the villagers because they were questioning how it was possible to use less seed and yet get an improved yield. For many in these villages, which are located kind of in the central area, the built up part of the village, they had plots of land next to their houses which weren't being used. Nefakor taught them how to turn those plots of land into kitchen gardens. Kitchen gardens where they learned how to grow things like okra, tomatoes, potatoes, even fruit trees. And again, another source of nutrition, another source of food for them to rely on to help improve their overall food security. The nice thing about these kitchen gardens is being that they were next to their houses, they could easily draw water from the wells or from the ponds and keep these watered throughout the growing season. So they were able to get additional food from these gardens. And Evacor also spent time with these people who, as Raja mentioned, are illiterate helping them to understand the government programs that were in place. And so being illiterate, of course, it's very difficult to fill out forms. Epicor worked with them to fill out these forms and get them access to many of the government programs and government grants that were available to them, again, to improve their overall livelihood. When I heard Raja talking about planting the seed by spreading it across the land, 
It reminded me so much of the story that we read in the Bible today from Matthew 13, verses 1 to 9. You can well imagine the conditions that when they're scattering the seed, the seed would be exposed to. Some of it would fall amongst the lumpy soil, the rocky soil that you see here in this picture, and it might spread up and start to grow, but then would be killed out by the hot sun. I'm sure that some of it would fall on the many walking paths that were throughout their fields and be consumed by the birds and the livestock that was around. And also, many of that those plants would be choked out by the weeds. Weeds was not a thing that they knew much about, and they didn't realize that weeds would, in fact, impact the yield of their crops. But when they learned how to plant the seeds in good soil through the teachings from Efficor, through the Canadian Food Grains Bank Partners, they were able to see those seeds grow and yield to their full potential. And they went, as one person told us, from needing 40 kilograms of seed by spreading them across the field to needing only two kilograms of seed. So that, for these small farmers, is a real huge saving in terms of seed and food. There's a parallel to this story with Canadian Food Grains Bank, who I compare to the good soil. The donation that comes from our supporters in Canada, from people like yourself, is like that seed. And through God's ever-abundant grace, through our relationship with the Canadian government, through our church partners and our partners overseas, your donations are multiplied through matching grants, through exchange rates, through the judicious, the judicious use of these funds by our partners, and we are able to greatly improve the lives of so many people around the world. And you might ask, well, how much are their lives improved? Not sure that it's something that we can put a number on, but I like to think about the Bible story that talks about the yields increasing by 30, 60, even 100 times. And I believe that for many of these people, their lives are improved 30, 60, maybe even 100 times over what they were before. We certainly knew that their livelihoods were improved because time and again, they wanted us to express their thanks to you and to Canadians for the donations and for the work that you were doing to help make a difference in their lives. <clears throat> When we asked Biji about some of her hopes and dreams, she said, I have a dream to be a doctor, to give medicine to the people in the village. And this is something that is certainly a realistic dream now that Epicor is there helping them to become food secure, helping them to get educated, and something that was maybe not so easily attained earlier. But again, because of the donations of people like yourself, a young girl like Biji now has hopes and dreams that are very realistic and able to be attained. So what can you as an individual Canadian do? Well, there are many things. Giving, of course, has been the basis of Canadian Food Grains Bank for many, many years. It's something that we are always asking for is for people to give. And you have responded, as I mentioned earlier, so kindly in this past year. And that giving forms the basis of how we are able to operate the programs to help the many thousands of people that we do across developing countries each and every year. We also ask people to pray. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. So we ask you to pray for those that we're helping, for those that are facing poverty, for those that are in hunger situations. But pray also for those of us who are, that are doing this work, that we can see it continue, that we organizations like Canadian Food Greens Bank will be successful in getting ahead of global hunger, and that our support will continue to come from not only Canadians, but from government officials as well. We also ask you to learn about Canadian Food Grains Bank and about hunger issues. If you go to our website, there are a great number of stories there that talk about some of the, the successes that we have had, and you will learn about how hunger impacts people and how we are making a difference. 
And finally, we ask you to advocate on behalf of those who have no voice in this issue. Talk to your government officials and tell them why this is important to you. Write letters to the editor or call and talk to your local MP. The more that our elected government officials hear from Canadians like yourself, the more they will respond and recognize that this is an issue that we're all concerned about, as we should be, for we are a very rich and blessed country here in Canada. And as Christians, this is something that Jesus calls us to do, to feed his sheep. To help you advocate, we have a letter building tool on our website. It's at foodgrainsbank.ca. And you can see, just search online letter and you'll come to that site. It's very easy to work through that to write a letter to your MP. When you type in the location that you were from by using your postal code, it immediately brings up your MP. It'll guide you through the process. It has half of the written letter for you, the letter written for you, and also allows you to input your own thoughts on why hunger is important to you and that were an area that we should concentrate on and work on. So if you do that, please take the time and talk to your MP and let them know how important this is to you. We have had a great relationship and continue to have a great relationship with the Canadian government. So we're very thankful for their support. The $25 million annual grant that we have been getting was just recently renewed for another three years. And this past year with COVID-19, the Canadian government has also supported us with additional funding, part because of Canadians like you saying that this was something that they felt should be done. So thank you for that. Finally, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening today, for learning about the work of Canadian Food Grains Bank, and thank you also for your donations. And I say that not on behalf of myself, but on behalf of those many thousands of people who are being helped across the world who have said to come back and say thank you to your Canadian friends. So thank you for your support. Thank you for your donations. May God bless you in all that you do. Let us come before the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. God of all people, all places and all situations, we come seeking your strength, your peace and your direction, to know the comfort of your presence and the energy of your spirit. You have called us to work towards reconciliation in the world. Help us to live out the ways of your kingdom in your church and in our lives. Jesus, you said, blessed are the poor. With all that is happening in the world today, we pray for those who find themselves on the margins of the economy, suffering the anxiety and restriction of low income and the insecurity it brings. Challenge us in our stewardship so that this world will more and more reflect your kingdom where there is enough for all and everyone can enjoy the blessings of your creation. Jesus, you said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. We pray for people and communities facing famine and drought, as well as the pandemic. We pray for the millions of people around the globe who have no job, no income, and no food. Give strength to people and agencies dedicated to alleviating misery. Move us to share what we have with those who have so much less. Christ, you bless the peacemakers. We pray for those who work for peace and reconciliation in a divided world. Protect those who face violence, persecution, and chaos in their homes, workplaces, or communities. Transform the day-to-day -day struggles of those living in danger or discord. We think especially of those affected by racial tensions around the world. 
and for those affected by the horrible revelations of the indignities and the deaths suffered by our Indigenous people in this very country of Canada. Help us to be good listeners and to have compassion so that we can heal together as a nation. Jesus, you bless those who wept. We pray for those around the world and in this community who are ill or who are dying, and for those who weep for their loved ones. Give them a peace and the comfort that only you can provide, a peace that passes all understanding. Jesus, you healed those who were hurting, mentally, spiritually, and physically. We pray for those who are struggling with the fatigue of this pandemic and for those whose mental health has deteriorated because of the many restrictions in place. We pray that people will find their spiritual fulfillment in the many ways now available to us. We pray for those who have suffered injury, anxiety, illness, depression, and any other malady that prevents them from enjoying a complete and fulfilling life. We name and silence those on our hearts this day. Keep us united in love with all who rest from life in this world, but live with you. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Jesus, with your followers in every generation, we pray the words you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Go now and invest your lives in the works of faith. Make a name for yourselves, for generosity and compassion. Fulfill God's holy law by putting love into action, as eagerly for others as you would for yourselves. May God be your defender and provider. May Christ Jesus dispel all that disturbs or immobilizes you. And may the Holy Spirit make you rich in faith and loving and merciful in action. Amen. Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever. And every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you, whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6.